That being said, oh, it's time for God. some more pull-ups. I got to crank up my testosterone, Franklin. I hear you. I hear you. We all do. Test test crank. The old, all right, the old uh, test crank. Uh, we'll just roll the opening. You know what? That's that's a good idea. Uh, and we're, and back. we're back. Good to be here. <laughs> You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. Takes us to the substantive portion, portion of this particular podcast, yes. which is uh, the final yes. Q point in the third quadrant, which is to lead right. Yes, it's, so, it's the fifth of the leadership virtues. That's right, it's fifth and last of the virtues, uh, which and it happens to be courage, or as they say in Espanol, coraje. <laughs> <laughs> El bravado. El bra- so, yeah. Anyway, uh, courage is Q3.12, if you're following along in our idiotic number system. Which, and, of course, we hope you are. Yes. And its statement is setting yes. aside fear to turn hardship into grace. This is one that I've, that statement yeah. has always, has tripped me up in the past. Right, really? Yeah. I think I understand it now, but in the past, I was like, well, I, I don't think I understand what he means by that. Like, what do you think? Just it means? What do you think it means now, darkest? Well, now I think it's it's uh, it's being willing to step into that uncomfortable zone, right? And you put a fi- put aside that fear that keeps you from from exhibiting the other leadership virtues, okay? Right, and uh, and you do that because then you take the hard thing that's going on, and you find peace in it. You find uh, well, you it's you know what it is. It's really a, it's using courage to to transform that happiness into joy, I think, in a way. That statement by you, Dark, betrays... Uh-oh. The, no. A lack of understanding of no, no, everything a, in the world. A, a typical, uh, typical of you, a typical deep insight, which I greatly appreciate. Thank you. Three thought... Wow. That, yeah. holy, <laughs> I thought there was a butt in there no, somewhere. No, no, no. <laughs> nothing matters but for the butt. <laughs> so, That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I don't have a butt. Listen, I don't butter you up to knock you down. I just knock you down. That's you know, a fair point. Yeah. If, if yeah got we've gotten pra- past all that. Listen, I'm the one minute manager, man. I got praise, I give it to you. That's in right. One minute. If that's I got true. if I got criticism, yep. no, that's true. You know, yeah. uh, I give it to you. Yep. Observing and criticizing is what I do. <laughs> hopefully, because I hopefully I exhibit the virtue of candor, I take it yes. as well as I give it. Uh, it's been my experience. Try, I try to. It's been my experience. All right. Now, so you, your three thought provoking. Socratics first. I'm going to try and keep the smoke in. Does courage require the absence of fear? That's your first one. Yes. Second, can an unfit man be brave? <sighs> Third, what is grace? Tough questions. All right. Now, so let's take up the first spur, which yes. is if you can remember nothing else, try to remember this. Fear is a natural state. Yes. That can and must be governed. Courage is not the absence of fear, darkest. Right. I mean, there's just no such thing. I mean, all You, you same, can't not be afraid. It's a... If you're Human reaction. sane and sentient, right? <laughs> right. You know, right. it's that it's a mechanism that has to be alive and kicking at all times, or you ain't gonna be alive and kicking at all. Right. Right. You know, and whether this comes from evolution, if you're kind of a Bob uh, Dylan spiritualist, sure. you think we've evolved there, or sure. you think God put it in it to keep us alive. Right. You know? uh, yeah. We right. don't care how you think we got here. The fact really is, matter. here we are. If we did not have it, darkest of all, 
we would incessantly and ignorantly blunder into harm's way with deadly consequences all the time. We'd Without eaten, it, we'd get eaten by bears. That's right. Without it, fear. You know, remember the guy who wasn't afraid of bears? Oh, yeah. And what Mary? happened? He got eaten by bears. He got eaten by bears. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. For those of you of the J.L. Christian bent, you may have read in the Bible that it says that fear is the beginning of understanding. Oh. Of all knowledge. Oh. Right? I mean, if you don't fear anything, if you're arrogant, if you think that you're king of the world mm-hmm. or the, you participated somehow in the architecture of the universe, you're not afraid of anything. So why would you ever How want to hear you anything? Be? Yeah, that's right. That's where pride comes from. Anyway, go. Sorry. Not, I say not to not to keep dragging us off track or anything, but like it's inter- it's just so counterintuitive, you know how we how we talk about this. Um, and I, I was in a couple of different meetings at different times during the week uh, over the last couple of weeks, and um, you know you're supposed to uh, you know we think courage we they, our society treats courage as the absence of fear which I think leads men to do very stupid things sometimes because they set aside that fear, not to turn hardship into grace, but to, to, to massage their ego and, and to prove to people that they are smarter than, than they really are or something like that. Yeah, well, and then, they, and then they, the same, same thing, it's like the same kind of principle with failure, right? What you said about the Bible just now, that fear, what fear is for, yeah. right? Kind of like failure, Right, it, it's it's putting us on purpose to get us to the next sure. place. Right, right, failure's the same way. Right, but we don't treat it that way as no, a society. Don't. No, we yeah. don't. We don't understand fear very well. Uh, but fear, uh, in my mind, is like an auto response. Mm-hmm. Like it's a built-in response, right? Right. It's like the desire to procreate. It's baked in there. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to say to your son, "Son, I really want you to develop a <laughs> desire to procreate." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and puberty does that for you, whether by yeah. evolutionary means or by uh, creationary means. Sure. The sex drive is what is given to us. It's, it's for there. Perpetuation of this human race of ours. Yeah. Right. But you don't need that. <laughs> you know, the uh, but, you know, the instinct to copulate, which I uh, assume that you have since you have done so kids. apparently um, is not intended to over rule us to or rule over us I yes guess not overrule us rule over us right either way it has to be tempted by virtue yes right? uh because the sex drive will grow into lust and that's inimical you know bad inimical it's bad to the harmony yeah. of the health of the group if we were just running around acting on our our sex drive like dogs right we would end up having to have a society that's structured like dogs where the alpha dog would yep. you know? Would, yeah, would fight has to rule over everything. Has, right, has to, right, has to kill know? lessers and all well, kinds you, of crazy you know, things. That's not how we're set up, right, mm-hmm. man? Now, okay, now fear untempered is just as deadly, right? Tell me so, more. just just as to have a so- functional society, we have to temper our our hardwired drive to procreate. We also mm-hmm. have to hard, we have to temper our our fear, right? Yeah. If we gave over completely to the instinct to avoid danger, regardless of the consequences, right? Right. That would be the opposite of courage. Like if you just if you just gave yeah. into it, and say, okay, it's natural. Uh, you know, cowardice is nothing wrong with it. I shouldn't be ashamed. I'm going to flee from danger every chance I get. Well, look, your community would slowly become devoured, starting with the slowest man and ending with the fastest. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Right. The fastest, the strongest man must turn back, overcome his fear, and say, I'm going to protect the weakest amongst us. I'm going to set aside my fear to turn this hardship into grace. He has to do it. He has to. If he doesn't do it, then, you know, 
woe to us all. You know, and courage begins with that recognition that while peace should always be our goal, and I know it's your goal and it's my goal too, it is. right? Uh, there are some threats that confront our joint community, the one we dwell in together, that simply must be fought. They just have to be fought, regardless yeah. of how afraid we are. And it's the virtuous leader who's able to set aside that fear of danger sufficiently that he can influence other men to fight with him, to set aside that fear together mm-hmm. and to lock shields and to fight. We may be born to run, darkest, right? <laughs> Not the song. But we must be taught to fight. Yeah. We must be taught to fight. Because the fear would make us run. To stand and fight together and not turn our backs in the face of danger is something that we have to learn how to do. So what are the things we fight We fight for? Oh, well, what are know, the things we fight about? Well, we fight well, fight for, I hope. Yeah. And it's just kind of a soldierly thing. Is I don't fight because I hate my enemy, the enemy before me. I fight because I love the person I protect behind me. Yeah. I mean, that's where the fight starts. And then right. you join with your brother, and then you're fighting with him and for him. Mm-hmm. Those are things you're fighting for. Hopefully, there's some values that you share as a group that you wish to preserve. And you're saying, oh, you know, I'm willing to fight over that. Yeah. You know, I'm willing to fight over that. You know, well, will you trade your... Uh, would you trade a little freedom for some security, right? You know the old saw about that. Oh, yeah. Once you start doing that, you'll find yourself with neither. Right. So that's that's where it starts, and that starts with courage. And why that's a, a virtue, a leadership virtue, is because it is the courageous man, the man who sets aside fear to mm-hmm. turn hardship into grace, uh, about whom we will gather and rally, Yeah. who will give us, instill in us, the desire to fight and to mimic him. I want to be like that guy. Yeah. I want to, I want to stay in the fight. It kind of like that guy not to not to beat the grow ruck drum too hard since we've already kind of mentioned today but that that video that uh, Tolkien made it's filled me full of right yeah I mean that was that was courage inspiring yeah that's great because of what you said you know that's what we're here for because when you help oh I was talking about what I saw I was just well both yeah, okay the words both. you know <laughs> that, the video was great but it was like all I did was that always came from the Friday nighter at grow ruck right and I was just saying what is kind of F3 ethos. Sure, but the way you said it, but I meant coupled with, you know, the way he, he put that together to, oh, man, to point magic. those things out. Oh, it was so good. That dude uh, is talented. He is. And he doesn't think so sometimes, and so we have to beat him around the head a little bit. He needs some exhortation from, a, from a virtuous leader such as yourself, Darkest of mm. All. We'll have to work on that. You need to uh, encourage him and, and uh, to uh, incentivize him to breach obstacles. Do you hear that, Tolkien? <laughs> I hereby incentivize you. <laughs> All right, let's take it to the second spur before it becomes completely ridiculous and say yes. that the second spur is, and if you can remember nothing else, remember this. Right. And this is a... Uh, this is a grow ruck stalwart, right? Uh-huh. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. So generally what we do during the workout is we beat them around a little bit, get some heavy breathing, and then I stop them and put them in a, in a, uh, in a little huddle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Yeah. And at that point, you're sucking and you're like, okay, I kind of get it. Yeah. Right? No man can set aside, Franklin, as I know you know, no man can set aside fear with his hands on his knees, his head down, and his lungs full of fire. That's when you're least likely to be able to do it, right? Uh, That's not a battle position, man. That's the French surrender position. (laughs) Please come take my land. (laughs) You know, one of these days we're going to get a workout in France. I'll have to stop making fun of them. Hmm. Uh, And to be fair to the French, they have a long uh, history of both good and bad in battle. Just recently ain't been that great. Um, But it's for that reason that the king, you know, the daily discipline Mm -hmm. of physically training one's body, uh, is, is so important. It's one of the very first cue points because a man who's physically fit, who's not physically fit rather, uh, because he's decelerating, he's mm-hmm. ill-equipped. He's ill-equipped to confront hardship. And that's not just from a physical standpoint. 
Oh right? no, yeah, mental I mean, too. Yeah, because I think that's, I think that might be one of the the better uh, benefits that I've seen. Right. You know, over the last five years, coming up on five years, uh, at doing F three is, you know, yeah, I got physically fit, so I knew that I was physically tougher and stronger. Right. But what I am willing to put up with mentally now, mental versus then durability. Phew, Huge change. Durability. Because your yep. tortured flesh, you know, screaming out, I need air, I need oxygen, right. eh. diverts it from the brain, right? right? <laughs> and that's the thing you need to be, to fully engage yourself. Yeah. So you watch those guys during the beatdown on on Saturday morning, Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. What was fascinating about it, it was, you know, there's a couple of guys who just like keeled over. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Bless we kind of convinced them to drive on. Yeah. You know, yeah. now they weren't at that moment emotionally durable. Right. But, but they, because they decided to follow other men who were, right, they drove on and uh, got to the end. Mm-hmm. And I, it's fascinating for me to watch that guys did that. You know, they overcame their fear. It's easier to set aside fear if you're fit because sure. you control your brain and you say, this pain I'm having is temporary. Yeah. Because... No, that's what I, I think that a lot. I'm like, it can't. Right. I, I know can't that it's last. only going to last another ten minutes, because that's the nature of time. Yep. Everything that you're enduring, that's uh, painful or chaotic, must end because that's the nature of time. But that comes, that be able to control yourself, uh, comes from from durability, yeah. from being fit. Yeah. Likewise, a man who's lost control of his queen, right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, if he can't discipline. Uh, the things he puts in his mouth, and he's a slave to what he eats and drinks, rather than the servants of the people's charge to lead. Right? He's thinking about bellying up Bad to the bar, news. or mm-hmm. you know, getting some more chicken wings when he when he needs to be standing out into the into the breach, or a little baby candy barns. That's right. Whatever it might be. It is why Franklin literally military leaders are literally, not figuratively, literally taught to eat last. Mm. It's literally why you get last in line. You make sure all your men eat first, and then you eat. And then you eat. You know, as a practical matter. That habit ensures that the leader is attending to the care and feeding of his unit. So he makes sure that they're all fed, right? Sure. But it also demonstrates to the men and, and to the guy himself, to the leader himself, that their leader, that he places his yeah. own needs and desires behind those behind everyone men. Else. Right? He's, he's living third. Courageously living third. Yeah. Right? So that, that's why you do it. Now, the final component of uh, fitness, what we call the gesture, right? You know, that's that temptation of the flesh that hinders mm-hmm. acceleration, right? Yes. Um, it's no less important to courage. If you don't keep your gesture at bay through the DRP, the temptation of the flesh will be like a 50-pound rock you got to haul around mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Doesn't matter if it's substance abuse, porn addiction, schadenfreude, you know, fill in the blank. Whatever things are, Doesn't yeah. matter. Jester's going to suck the energy dry out of every man and enslave him. Jester's the master corrupter, my friend. He'll haul you out from the inside. So, true. So no man who's overcome by his jester is going to be able to be courageous. Can't, can't do it. Can't. Can't do it. Fatigue, my friend. It makes, it makes a cowards of us all. <laughs> yeah. And that him, that guy who stands into the breach and always sets aside fear to turn hardship into grace, he ensures his fitness is always accelerating. Has to. Right? Has to do it. Yeah. All right. Let's take up that third spur, my friend. Yes. Grace is keeping your head, large as it is, <laughs> when everyone around you... What did you call me last time? Is it a Mardi Gras float? A Mardi Gras float of a man. Yeah. <laughs> Sidetracked me. Grace Sorry. is keeping your head when everyone around you is losing theirs and blaming it on you. Yeah. You know, it sure is. Now, hardship, as we've said before, is suffering caused by intense adversity. Yes. And yeah. that can come in a lot of ways. It can come a lot of ways. You might court it. Sure. Right? Uh, you might court it. Uh, but it's something that a man is going to have to periodically face uh, 
because as we said last week or a couple days ago, the rain <laughs> falls on the bold <laughs> and the meek alike. Yes. Right? It's going to rain, The man. good, the evil, right. the all of us. Yeah, to in, to accelerate uh, one's commitment, the virtuous leader intentionally exposes himself. That's what we talked about last week. Right. Right? Uh, to expected hardships, to build his durability, right? Yeah. So he can grow it. You're, you're, right? you're inoculating that's yourself right. like he, you would a, right. a disease or something. Yeah. So that's the deal about hardship, right? You have exposed yourself to it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So your your durability is so high that you can turn that hardship into grace for others. Yeah. Why are we here? This hurts too much. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. You know, Moses hauls all these beleaguered Jews out of <laughs> Egypt, gets on the run. Right. They're out there getting chased across uh-huh. hither and yon. And those guys come up there like, why did you take us out of Egypt? At least we got steak there. You didn't get any steak. No, there was no steak. You were getting beat like a drum. Now you're remembering, you're forgetting all the hardships back there mm-hmm. in the face of the hardships out here. And you're remembering things that didn't even happen, man. But, you know, Moses tried to deal with that hardship with grace. It wasn't always successful. It's right? tough to do. Especially for as long as he had to do it. <laughs> he slew some men over it. Now, grace, my darkest friend, yes, sir. is a word that has many definitions. Yes. Is it not? It, it is. In Christian sense, it's uh, unmerited love and uh, help that God provides to those who respond to his call to become his children. Mm-hmm. It's one of the hardest things for a man to understand. As I moved from um, being a self-worshipper towards through Bob Dylan's spirituality towards Christianity. Mm-hmm. It was the idea of grace over which I so often tripped. Like, why would God give me that? Yeah. It's unmerited. And, you know, and some older guy or, you know, better, more practiced Christian would say, yeah, it's unmerited, man. Yeah, that's, that's why it's called grace. That's the miracle <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I got to earn it. No, you can't earn it. Right. That's the whole point. That's the whole if point. If you earned it, it would be deserved. That's right. Yeah. But that's that's one meaning of grace, right? <clears throat> but it can also be used to describe something possessed by a man, like charm. Yeah. yeah You're yeah, a yeah, very yeah. graceful sure. man, Darkest. Well, I, I do my best. You're very charming. <laughs> attractive trait. <laughs> right? Now, yeah. here... In the context of courage, we use grace in the broadest possible sense yeah. as meaning all the things a man should be. Which so, really encompass those things that you referenced. That's right. right. Everything. So you say, well, you turn hardship into grace. What do you mean by grace under this circumstance? I mean all those things, right? All those things a man should be. Mm-hmm. Forgiving, right? Right. Um, grateful at being forgiven. Yeah. To act with grace, to move with grace. And there's some... There's some scriptures in there that kind of list some of those out. Baked even. in there, right? right? And I say, you know, when the um, the during the Revolutionary War, that George Washington would always appear amongst the men, uh, you know, on this white steed, and his uniform would shine because mm-hmm. you know, and the men, and he was a great horseman. The men would look upon him with the grace that he had in the saddle, and it would warm them, even though the cold, dark winters of Valley Forge, cold, you know, made their bodies tough, cold, right? Yeah. So it's something in that, man. You know, you see a leader who does things with grace, yeah. and it fills you with hope to be around leaders like that. It does. You know, a leader who pulls himself out of the mud of despair so just, yeah. and stands straight up into it and encourages you to do so as well. That's I think you can look leader. at that guy and you can go, you know what? He, he makes me think I probably can too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, and if we use grace this way, you know, uh, it's what we should aspire when we face adversity, pain, and chaos. This is what we should aspire to be. Mm-hmm. We could let our fear overcome us, right? Make us shy away. Could sure. do that. We could run away. Mm-hmm. But we should set aside the fear and turn that hardship of grace. We should do it. 
It's like it's hard to describe. That's why I like this uh, Rudyard Kipling poem, which I put in here. I don't do this very often. I'm just going to read it. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is uh, it's called If, mm-hmm. and you may be familiar with it. I have but heard it. Yeah. Here's how, here's how it goes. It's very short. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. See, I love that Mm -hmm. idea that it's funny. I was talking to somebody about it today. It's like I was in this case. I was in court yesterday and this other lawyer who I'm struggling with right now. It's always accusing me of all sorts of stuff, and I just won't return fire on that grounds. So, mm-hmm. And I have this poem in the back of my head. Though this guy, you know, he's doing this for his own reasons, um, feels obligated to attack me personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to rise to that provocation. I'm not going to return fire. Difficult as it is, you know, um, I'm being lied about, but I don't deal in lies, man. Yeah, you're being, being hated, you're not going to give way. I'm not going to give way to hating. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. Um, I want to do it. I want to do it. Sure. I want to do it real bad. Um, and I also try really hard, even at the things I'm good at, not to look too darn good at them. You, you just made a really... Which actually is pretty easy for me to do. <laughs> Some of that's the humility that you've, well, you've developed over well, time. But there's a difference that you just made me think of, and that is uh, even with George Washington, right? You talk right, about that. Right. <clears throat> Grace is, is one thing. Polish is another Right. Right. Coming across like this whole idea that you say, it says, don't look too good and or whatever. Yeah. At the, at the end of the point. Like, because you're being graceful about it, but you're not coming across as polished. Polish would be like the fake, I guess. Right. Uh, of grace, of being graceful. It's, it's mascotting it. Right. Right. It's looking right. like you're all put together or whatever. But when, but if you really turn that hardship into grace, then you, you have that, well, all those other virtues we talked about. Like, you, know, you have that contentment. You have that uh, in you. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I, it's funny, I saw this tweet this morning, which I tweeted back out, and it was this dude, I never watched this show, it's a cartoon, I can't even think of the name of it, but it's like, Seth MacFarlane is the guy who wrote it? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, he, uh, uh, like Family Guy, or? Family Guy, family. Yeah, yeah. I never watched the show. Family, yeah. um, Pretty funny. Anyway, he said, instead of, you know, voting for this guy or that, let's vote for the smartest person. Oh, I, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you know, and I was like, it's funny I said that, I was like, A, how do you... Yeah. How do you know who the smartest person is? And, and B, what evidence do we have the smartest person is the person we ought to follow? make great leaders? You right. know, I think in my own life or leadership time, it's when I was most humble. Yeah. I didn't think I was the smartest guy in the room. It's when I've been, the, the, the I think, the most effective. Mm-hmm. Because when I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room, then I'm letting other guys lead. Yeah. You know, I'm depending on other guys. Well, yeah, and you, yeah, you're open to information that you wouldn't normally be if you thought you already knew everything. That's right. And uh, it's, but, you know, I think that's that. There's something to what Kipling is saying there, mm-hmm. right? You know it, that you you don't think you're higher than anyone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because uh, that's pride, and it'll 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 trip you up, right? Yeah. And you don't want to be that. You want to be durable, right? You know, you want to be a servant whose life is a beacon of truth and wisdom to those um, that are lost and fallen, right? You yeah. want to be that beacon, and it's hard, man. I'm not saying it's easy, but as Kipling wrote, and I think it's the last thing he said is. If you do these things, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. You know, that's so pretty powerful stuff. I like it. Of course, I'm kind of old fashioned that way. Um, 
and uh, it's, I have to do this because you know we messed up a little bit last week. I messed up. What do you mean? I used the song from Courage. Did you really? Because we got a little crossed up about where we oh, were no. for contentment. Yeah. So I'm gonna use the song for contentment for courage. Why not? You know, um, I doesn't. Make I did much wonder sense. a little, but I was like, you know what? The things that happen in Dred's brain are often a mystery uh, to me. Anywho, you know, Franklin. Yes, sir. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> I, I do every day. <laughs> you know, Franklin. Yes, sir. You got face for radio. <laughs> this here's a podcast. It is. <laughs> it is. Life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me came hack. Early to rise, early in a sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. Days are all filled with an easy country charm. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on a griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front. Thank God I'm a country boy.